0: and that's right my name is scott adams you're listening to the scott adams show i want to thank everybody for tuning in today and we have a very special guest on the scott adams show today her name is tori maris tori maris is host of tori says tori says you can check it out at dot says.com welcome to the scott adams show tori, yeah, tori.
1: thank you for having me scott all right, so and hello to everyone.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, there's so much going on in the news. We're rolling out. America's open for business. States are starting to actually drop the date and open up today, tomorrow, sooner than later, because people are going to take it to the streets. Uh but we have a lot of censorship. We have a lot of, um, pushback from the left. We have, you know, basically calls for protests and boycotts. Don't go back to work by Casio Cortez. <laughs> but, um, you also have the Republicans that want to get back to work. You got those two doctors in California that got completely banned from YouTube. And they were featured on Tucker speaking you know truth to power and and you also have a lot of other figures that are being shadow banned and and throttled and uh, taken down and accounts being suspended and I'm calling on Trump to actually you know basically do something about this stuff because one of the things I've been saying on our show is that at some point when the media gets it wrong like Trump has said over and over again that with the Nobel Prize, uh, with the uh, Russian hoax, right? Russian, Russia, Russia, Russia. There was a lot of uh, reporters that ended up getting Nobel Nobel, Nobel Prizes for that. They were 180% wrong. We knew it then. We know it now. And yet, they're still allowed to call themselves journalists. At what point does a journalist who gets it wrong so long, so often, and censors, doesn't want to talk about Tara Reed, but wants to talk about Blasey Ford, doesn't want to talk about anything that that that's favorable to the president, but hurts the president. At what point do we consider these media people to be political action groups and not journalists anymore. And we pull their journalism card, and we hold them to the same restrictions as a political action corporation.
1: Well, um, I mean, you always... The, the way to to, to fight uh, uh, an enemy, per se, that is exposing a nefarious agenda is by pulling their tongue out. So it's not something... Uh, you know, new. Um, I know that Attorney General Barr, this, uh, when, when was it? In February at some point, uh, he had a, a um, workshop regarding uh, free speech in the media, and he expressed three things. He expressed that the broad Section 230 immunity poses challenges for the Department of Justice and other federal agencies in certain civil enforcement matters. He also said that, um, you know, civil tort law can act as an important component to law enforcement efforts, and federal criminal po- prosecution is powerful, but not necessarily a limited tool that addresses only the most serious conduct. And third, he said Section 230 immunity is relevant to his efforts, the Justice Department's efforts, to combat to combat lawless spaces online, but his concern was that Internet services under the guise of 230 can not only block law enforcement, even when officials have secured a court-authorized warrant, but they also prevent victims from civil recovery. So he was making the point as to how, you know, social media and these tech giants are taking advantage of certain protections that are there for something else, and demonstrating how that can uh, hinder um, investigations like into human trafficking, predatory conduct, and and other things. So the problem with big tech has always been there. I mean, Laura Loomer filed that lawsuit, a billion-dollar lawsuit against Facebook. And if you notice, just a couple weeks ago, Facebook's defense was, well, we labored it as dangerous because all our friends did it, which made absolutely no sense. So, I mean, that's part of the the um, the spiel. but I'm I'm seeing that we're breaking through that um, that um, cloud of silence uh, slowly but surely. Uh, people are waking up. Where there's more people talking about these things than there were last week and the week before that, which is a good thing, right? Because sometimes uh, you know showcasing liberties that are taken away, um, you know, ignite. People that have been sleepwalking. I mean, don't you think? That's the way we get things yeah. done sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> when we were kids, they'd take our toy away and then suddenly we we're like, hey, I want that toy back.
0: Right, right. We definitely want our lives back, that's for sure. Um, you know, and as we roll out the red carpet to reopen America, uh, we're also hearing at the same time a lot of states, seems to be all blue states, are. Calling for bankruptcy or uh, begging for money, like de Blasio was begging for money. And not only that, but de Blasio's got his wife, has his wife rolling out the uh, reopening of the city. Hasn't she made enough money? I mean, you wonder what kind of fraud is going to go into that because she had this other uh, organization that's made billions of dollars and had. Uh, no requirements to show accountability for her actions. And now she's going to be part and parcel of the Bill de Blasio school of reopening New York city. And he's begging for money. What's that all about?
1: Well, okay. So just a few days ago, I had a little graphic that I made up where it showed Democrat states and red states, supposed red states, right? And so it showed New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, California, Michigan, Illinois, Louisiana, Connecticut, and Maryland—they have a population collectively of 104.8 million, right? And then the Republican: Texas, Florida, Ohio, Arizona, Tennessee, Indiana, Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, and Oklahoma—they have a population of 103.1 million. So they're kind of similar in in population, right? Well, the cases in the blue states were 571,000, and the cases in the red states were only 97. One fifth, less than one fifth. And then the deaths in the blue states were 34500 whereas the deaths collectively we're talking, right, in the red states was 2500 And I was like, hold on a second. So now we have these blue states with all these deaths and cases asking for a bailout. And I completely enjoyed, I think Monday all I did was laugh, right, um, at de Blasio, uh, you know, on my show because I was like, this is perfect. He was on there begging through Maria Baratomo's show for money, that he needs a bailout, that he needs a bailout. And this is exactly what I predicted would happen. That if the president came out and assigned the the task, all the governors to take control of their own states since they're sovereign entities, right? And do the whole reopen when they feel it's necessary for their city, for their state, that he would be there to support them. Now, federal funding, only comes when it's directly related to coronavirus, right? So why are they asking for bailouts for things that aren't related to coronavirus? And, you know, here they are asking for money for you and me, who aren't residents of these states, right, that are begging to bail them out because they're bad money managers and giving away stuff to illegals. It's unacceptable.
0: Right, and we're going to we're speaking with Tori Maris. Tori Maris uh, comes to us from torisays.com. Check her out there and she's famous on Twitter and social media in general. We're going to be talking about this and more after the break. Stay tuned, Tori. We'll be back in a moment. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension. With the Scott Adams Show, and we're back. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and we're joined by Tori Maris. Tori Maris comes to us from Tori Says dot com, and you can check her out on Twitter as well. Welcome back, Tori, and I have a question for you. Um, yes, and also, it just—I was—I was going through my Twitter here, and I knew that we were going to eventually talk about. Uh, Daniel Jones and Mark Zaid and Deborah Katz and the connection that they have but also there's a lot of yeah interesting I think that they are part of a conspiracy to overthrow our government to overthrow the presidency to impeach the president which they succeeded in doing but I gotta tell you I'm reading this um, <clears throat> I'm reading this ad by Justin Amash. And it says, we're ready. It's a very well done ad, okay? It's a very well done ad. And it's, uh, we're, it's about him being ready for something new. He's a libertarian. And it reminds me of... Justin ba-
1: Amash. Did you say Justin Amash libertarian? Are you kidding? That's such a lie. It's like calling Governor Burgum of North Dakota, uh, you know, a Republican. It's all a facade. I know. You know, it's all a facade.
0: He's. I think he's probably more of a neocon than we could ever realize. But I think mm-hmm. that what what has happened when you take a look at Daniel Jones, Diane Feinstein, right? they're connected. And then you take a look at Mark Zaid. Mark Zaid tweeted out that, you know, famous Twitter uh, tweet. A coup has started series of many steps. It's going to involve lawyers. Impeachment will happen, right? That was 10, that was January 31st, 11 days after the inaugurational speech of Donald J. Trump. What happened on 10 days after the speech? Well, Daniel Jones opened up two corporations and financed $750,000 or so toward Christopher Steele's Walsingham, uh, organization, and then in addition spent another 20, uh, two, plus, 2 point something million uh, on uh, Fusion GPS groups, uh, basically Bean, LLC, and some other organizations that were shell companies that were financing the smear group, Fusion GPS, who was also paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton. And then you got Deborah Katz, the attorney for Blasey Ford who was also connected with Feinstein and Daniel Jones. And so they were a hit job to try to halt a confirmation of a Supreme Court justice in Kavanaugh by destroying his life. And together, those three resistant lawyers who follow the mantra of resistance. And Daniel Jones is famous for this new movie that's out in Amazon called The Report. So he's got all kinds of fame going on right now and support but his connections with Diane Feinstein run deep, and they're all connected with the you know the, the um, Benjamin Witts of the world in the uh, Brookings Institution and uh, the Atlantic Council and all these different um, socialist groups. And also, when you think about the connections, Mark Zaid also commanded that Rob Reiner, Deborah Messing, share. And Nancy Sinatra all use their YouTube their their social media prowess to bash the Trump every single day, in which they did. And that was a connection there. And then you think about someone like Bill Kristol, who doesn't get up in the morning without bashing Trump. Bill Kristol's connected with the Brookings Institute. George Conway Connected with the same group, and and when you take a look at Justin Amash, this is yet another hit out of this from the same group. I guarantee you, if you track the money related to Justin Amash, it's going to trace back to that cabal. Well,
1: you know that's 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 one set of the cabal, but what people are going to realize now after General Flynn. you know, is uh, cleared of everything and the case is r- literally dismissed, something that I've been saying for years is going to happen, the top off of the agencies will be blown off and we're going to see an avalanche start to happen. And what people are going to realize is those players, those contractors, those outsiders, and those insiders, those politicians, we're all linked to multiple agencies within our own government that were conspiring to usurp our rights as citizens to elect and maintain the president that we voted for. Agencies. There was only one agency and it was clear through Peter Strzok's communications that was not compliant and they didn't know which agency because you know one thing that people don't understand is the way intelligence agencies are structured. We There is a perceived and an actual right and the perceived is is that we have these 17 supposed intelligence agencies, with the 17th being the ODNI overseeing all of them. But within those agencies, there are little agencies and operations. And there was one specific operation, one specific agency that they could not detect or find that was working against their plot. So there's so much that's going to come out. You know, text messages between... Barack Hussein Obama, Comey, um, and other members of the, of the Senate and Congress, some that are still there, through chat messengers on video gaming platforms, through, uh, you know, um, black phones, through enterprise communications, through things like TikTok and Etsy. I mean, it's going to be pretty insane. This was all a conspiracy against the people. This is treason at the highest level. And so, you know, that's, that's the one thing. But you have to see the president, aside from having that in motion and putting that out because we were always steps ahead and we knew how they communicated, now we have this other facet where it's at a localized level to state, where they are now, I hear, being investigated for embezzling or misusing federal funding. And this is why I said we should allow them to file bankruptcy, even though bankruptcy for the state of Pennsylvania, for example, uh, you know, since we're talking with people in Philly. So if you notice, Pennsylvania has started to remove coronavirus deaths off their count, right? And that is exactly what I said in my article of what the decision the president should do would happen, because they are auditing the deaths to make sure that they're entitled to these funds. So Pennsylvania is mitigating something they can't stop what's coming because they they don't have liquid assets and they can't meet the demands and they don't qualify for a federal bailout. So for example the commonwealth might indeed have to file for bankruptcy. In that case if it happens that means the governor and the mayor's etc are all impeached automatically. The federal now it's federal government property it's no longer the independent state of Pennsylvania. They no longer have a constitution, which is very dictator-like. But knowing Trump, he's going to come in, he's going to fix it, and then have them hold their own elections and draft their own constitution. I mean, that would be the best way to do it. I'm sure he's going to kind of do it like a quasi-federal, uh, you, know, um, you know, that he comes in rather than completely defunct the state and annul their constitution, that he might do it in a quasi-way. But I think the best way to do it is just rip the Band-Aid off and say, sorry, Pennsylvanians, you voted for all these idiots. They've totally screwed you. They've made money. they spent it. You know, now we're distributing your assets, and we have to start all over again. I think that's the best way, and I think people in Philly can agree.
0: Absolutely. And, uh... You know, we have to take it to a break, uh, but uh, when we get back, I also want to talk about some of these attorneys like Sussman and Mark Elias associated with Perkins Coey and their role to play in the special counsel and Flynn. And then the other part is even Brandon Van Grack. Uh, Technofog, if you check at the top of my Twitter feed, um, I want to cover that a little bit. The corrupt history of Flynn prosecutor, Brandon Van Grack from the special counsel's office to the prosecution of Flynn. We're up against the bottom of the break, which is a little bit longer. So if you could take a look at that, when you come back, we'll have a lot to discuss. Okay. And we'll be back. We're talking with Tori Maris, Tori says.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension. With The Scott Adams Show. And we're back. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I'm joined by Tori Maris from ToriSays.com. Tori, so where do you want to pick up with what, what that tease was before the break?
1: Well, in regards to the attorneys, well, I just want to say, you know, uh, first off, Judge Emmett Sullivan is going to go down in history as the judge that let this go on for so long. These are questions that should have been asked before it got to this point. He was a George W. Bush appointee. Pardon?
0: He was a George W. Bush appointee and he really botched this, according to Sidney Powell. no,
1: that that means nothing. George Bush was nothing but a Democrat in a red jacket. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to underscore that. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We were talking about this in 2018, weren't we? How... You know, now he's up for sentencing, and I said he'll never be sentenced because it won't be allowed. Because the one thing we have to count on is that we do have really good people in our, um, you know, justice department, in our FBI department, somewhere, right? They're not at the top. The top, as President Trump said, are scum. But, you know, this should have not been allowed. Judge Sullivan should be held accountable for knowing how they picked the jury as well, you know because that's something that I mentioned when I interviewed Roger Stone is that they know that the same people that are targeting General Flynn the same people that are targeting Roger Stone are the ones that um, have created or work with the contracting company that supposedly randomly selects the jury pool that they have to select from so that's number 1 I guess, uh, b- by the Sullivan. way number I guess two, you would know he since this go on and it's Tory? on him
0: I guess mm-hmm. you would know since you just had Roger Stone on your show, the Tory Says show.
1: Yes, yes, I did. And it was a, you know, and I felt really bad as to, you know, this man had been gagged and he was relieved of his gag order for a week and no one called him up. They did some whitewash reports and, you know, now they're saying, oh, you know, he was working with Guccifer 2.0 when Guccifer 2.0 was a CIA operation.
0: Yeah, G- Guccifer Even as a Bill person Finney really didn't no. exist.
1: Right. It's, no, Guccifer 2.0 was a counter operation that was created to help with the whole mid-year investigation. Of, you know, the mid-year review they were doing on Hillary, you know, the email scandal. Mid-year this year was exam. For them to, Brennan created it. Yeah, but Brennan created it. So the question is, where where is Gina Haskell? Like, what is she doing? She knows this is a CIA operation. She knows that it was created to pick up stragglers and, you know, nab people and put them in boxes. I mean, everybody and their mother knows that there is no Russian Guccifer 2.0. Guccifer 2.0 was created by John Brennan. Yet here we are with corrupt judges, right? And like I said, Judge Sullivan is going to own this. If he has a bench to sit on after this, I am going to be very upset. He should be removed from the bench upon the completion because all these things he's ordering to do should have been done before they reach sentencing.
0: Well, Amy Berman Jackson's no walk in the park either, and that was well, you know, Roger Stone's she, uh, a, a judge.
1: Well, she can't. She listen. She she's corrupt. We know, this. but she can't go back on. Oh well, no, the jury selection wasn't corrupt because this opens up. You know, we go back to Giglio, right? How many of these people throughout the courts, throughout the nation, have been, you know, boxed in by selective jury pool? This is where it gets down to. Admitting that they used one of Brennan's companies, actually run by General Hayden and General Jones, two very corrupt individuals. General Hayden scares me the most. Right. He He is John Brennan, but smart. He's not as bold as John Brennan. He lets other people do the dirty work for him. So General Jones actually worked with Roger Stone, and that's what sucks. His own people framed him. And the the thing is, these judges can't come out and say, well, you know, yeah, we do have a corrupt jury pool because this company selected it, and they're all part of the swamp, because then, then it's like, then why did you let them select for every other case you've had? Why, how many people that were innocent that were not high profile have been locked away because of this company? So this is where it gets to. This is why, you know, she couldn't say, oh, yeah, I agree, the jury pool. I mean, what are the odds that you're going to get contractors for the CIA, contractors that worked in counterintelligence, a woman that hates President Trump and Roger Stone and everybody as a foreman? I mean, come on. Like, you can't even make this up. And and they treat every single American citizen like they're stupid when the bottom line is they're all in on it. Like I said, the judiciary arm of the government is the most corrupt. We already know the legislative is. But at least they're not embarrassed to show their faces. okay? <laughs> they sit there and they say, these judges just sit there on these benches and they shouldn't be on it. And the, I know that, you know, Judge Sullivan gave the order telling, you know, Flynn's old attorneys, Covington, to turn over documents and communications that they never shared with Flynn. That's number one. Right. And why are you ordering it now? Why, as a judge, didn't you ask, are there any further communications or anything because this man is innocent? No, they were framing Flynn. Let me ask
0: you a question. How did Flynn end up choosing Covington, who turned out to be pretty much stabbing him in the back?
1: Now, I don't want to sound like, you know, a mindless thing, but it was all intended as such. Yeah. Because you can't show you have a problem in the judiciary system if you can't show, one, collusion with selecting jury pools and, two, colluding with attorney firms against their own. Uh, You know, I'll I'll bring an example. I was speaking with Matt Couch, uh, you know, who was being sued left and right by whoever and their mother in regards to Beth Ridge. And he said something that was very alarming. He said, well, my lawyer doesn't even let me see a few documents because they're privy to just the lawyers. I said, that's not how it works. No, and this is exactly the problem. They put you in a box and until they squeeze every last drop, you. And they keep you in the you dark. Until you, yeah, until, yeah. And, and, and that is alarming to me. Like I told him that, that you're going to have a problem. I mean, I'm the one that had parts of the DNC server before anyone knew that the DNC and the RNC server were imaged, and yet he's going to trial, and and, and they came to me three years later, and I'm like, I already sent everything to the DOJ, tough noogies. You know, so it's like they did this stuff on purpose in order to weed out and create a narrative and put people in a box, and this is exactly what we're seeing with General Flynn. They've completely maimed him economically. He wasn't even allowed to draw pension. And the thing is, this is the second time they're embarrassing him. The first time, it was all under chucks and giggles, because I was there and I saw it, where Clapper and Brennan were literally laughing at his, you know, forced retirement, you know, thing, shindig, because they needed him out. They wanted him out. So this is the second time. I mean, this man has done so much for the nation, and no one is realizing that the torture that he's been through and the cross that he's been bearing was for us all this time. And, you know, if, imagine if they're doing it to general, how many people right now are sitting in prison because they raised their head against their city council member or mayor or, you know, governor or, you know, a senator or congressman, anything. They should have alarm bells for everyone, no matter what side of the aisle they sit on, shouldn't it, Scott? I mean... This is crazy, right? They manufactured 302s, so it was their 302s and their word, and it was worth absolutely nothing. And they colluded with his attorneys to put him in a box. And you know what? If someone threatened me with my kids, I'd admit to anything for my kids. I I don't know about you, but I would do it. I would admit to anything.
0: I thought it was a telling question the (laughs) other day in the press conference when they asked President Trump whether he would rehire General Flynn and um, you know that's just an interesting question we have 30 seconds for you to respond to that but uh, I also want to ask you after the break about you know how Pence was involved in I think Flynn's you know being fired but we'll get to that part out of the break what do you make of that press conference where he was asked that question well
1: it was it was it was a great way to skirt the orbits of answering the question. Yeah, uh, because uh, you never tell what your enemy is, what your are planning. and right. that's exactly. So, what we're so
0: talking after about. the break, what we're going to talk about break. is Pence <laughs> and his comments on the news when he was interviewed about Flynn, and he said Flynn lied, and the next thing you know, Flynn got fired, and Flynn was on his own. Pence was ahead of that on that. Then I also want to ask you a question when we get back from the break about um, Gina Haspel, and. Pompeo's role in putting her in that power seat and I'm not comfortable with Chris Ray and Gina Haspel at the helm of the CIA and the FBI and we want to talk a little bit about that that concern mm-hmm. so we're speaking with Tori Lin- Tory Maris <laughs> Tori Maris we're speaking with Tori Maris from torysays.com. we'll be back in just a moment hold on to your seats buckle up for safety you are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And we're back. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And we're joined by Tori Maris. Tori Maris comes to us from torysays.com. And uh, Tori, um, so we wanted to uh, talk about those questions about Pence and Flynn and the early onset where Flynn was fired uh, because uh, Pence declared that he lied to them And they couldn't have that. And next thing you know, Flynn was gone. I think that they were sort of like CYA, you know, covering their butts to a certain extent in the wake of a trap that was set for Flynn. Uh, There was a lot going on there, but Flynn knew a lot about what was happening in the Middle East and in Syria and the corruption scandal going from the Ukraine to the Middle East and all that stuff. And in addition to that, um then you got pompeo who hired bill bill taylor right who from the ukraine mess and made that mistake and trump admitted that pompeo makes made that mistake but then pompeo who i think is a close confidant to the president and someone we should be able to trust but you know should we and and then the other part is chris ray but then also when Pompeo was CIA, he left the CIA to the State Department, which is natural. That would be great to clean up and see all the all the papers and all the documents. But he, Gina Haspel doesn't seem like a white hat to me. So what do you make of those that little matrix there?
1: OK, so first of all, let me just say Christopher Ray, Right. Like I've been saying this all the time. I, I don't trust him. But but. He's withheld a lot of documentation and evidence that could help with this whole Russia hoax and linking people. And he had documentation that exonerates General Flynn, correct? But he didn't provide it. Why? The question is why. Why would he deny providing this documentation, these communications Can I, uh, can I answer to help that real quick? in every single facet? Can I answer
0: that? Can answer that? I, think yes. Trump, I think it's Trump's play <laughs> to allow Discovery to do the dirty work. Uh, instead of his administration, that way his hands are completely clean to the retaliation that's inevitable. He's going to win no matter no. what. He could well, either no, wield a no, no. sledgehammer or he could allow a judge, uh, that's not been favorable to Flynn to actually crack down and, and expose the real truth that Covington and, and all these things that we've been talking about has been a very corrupt judicial system within the wa- wheels of Washington.
1: Right, but the thing is, we're not Covington already had all this. They knew this, right? Mm-hmm. The question is, why isn't he turning it over? You know, now that Sidney Powell is, and people are wondering, and I'll tell you why. Because when there is a sealed indictment and in a grand jury hearing happening, because and these materials are being used for that indictment, he cannot have it made public. So this indicates that this information that he's sitting on is actually part of other investigations like a Durham investigation yes and this is why he can't turn it in so this is this is exactly uh, the guys that he's using on by giving away that all of these things are happening I mean a lot of people are like well Brennan and Comey and Clinton and all these people you know all these people are tweeting none of them know how to tweet most of them okay I mean they do but Majority of them have other people tweeting for them. People don't know how many, uh, you know, grand jury hearings are happening at this moment about all this stuff. You know, people forget people like like Carlin, right? John Carlin. We have um, Mary McCord. We've got so many moving parts in this Russia hoax just domestically. It's insane. And, you know, when I was telling people, just look at Daniel Jones. He's running point on everything.
0: That's right. You know, and nobody he's connected was directly with Dicey. Yeah, you know, I don't think.
1: know. Where'd you, yeah, where'd you pull him out of that? I'm like, okay, because maybe I have some information that I just can't share how I got it, because then, you know, I'll blow my cover and, you know, how I'm sourcing this. But domestically is one. Wait till we hit overseas. Because Brennan's little company, where he was running point, paying Misfud, um, Halper and other spies that were failed right these assets are all foreign and it's all done foreign why because if it's a foreign operation guess what nobody gets in trouble here they wipe their hands i mean it's it's tactics 101 i mean why is it that all espionage assets that we have for the u.s are being paid by private companies overseas because then it's not connected to the government and it, it can't be tied as official government activity even though the government puts you there make sense right so let's cut we got two minutes robbery.
0: so i want to cover gina haspel as well
1: right she's corrupt she is so corrupt i mean i think she's there just to lead us to where the ant um ant kingdom is you know ants. yeah they usually you know snake uh, and us. st- so if snake you want to find out the where the anthill is yeah. you follow an ant i think that's that's the strategy here
0: she scares me yeah, that, that's one figure that scares me. And uh, what do you think is going to happen to her when this is all said and done? Do you think she's going to have so, I mean, exposure? she was in the
1: center of it. She was in the center of it, sitting at GCHQ, her office right there. Right,
0: she had an office working in London of that in Brennan Russia would free, also shared. You know, they were together, right? Mm-hmm. They were working hand in glove, yes, weren't were. they? Uh, and Robert Hannigan from GCHQ and, and, and Christopher Steele and... Probably Daniel Jones and and all those attorneys that we've been talking about. All of it's connected. Because they were all including they're, they're all, working all helping together. finance this stuff.
1: Yeah, they were all working together. All working together, all of them colluding together against the people. And the thing is, they're not such a big group. We're many. They are few. Right. And it's about it and it's about to hit the fan. Because as I predicted from twenty seventeen I was trying to push an article on how they've manufactured 302s and they're colluding to put Mueller in, in, in as, a second, as the FBI director of secondary counsel. Like, I made that clear. I have that article. I pushed it to the biggest right outlets where they would publish my stuff under their own name or a fake name. And all of them refused because, you know, we had their communications. We had all of that. Single piece of evidence, and yet it's, it's, it's so much conspiring. I mean, think about it. It's hot. I was the only one writing about Daniel Jones, the only person. Why didn't anyone pick that up? Why didn't anyone touch it? The evidence was all there. I mean, they could have drawn from the Waldman text, right? Right. Adam to see Alden, that he's running point with steel. Yeah. General, General Why didn't Pascal. anybody point to him? Hey, uh they didn't want to.
0: Tori, we're running out we ran out of time. We, <laughs> but I wanna I wanna Oh my gosh. You, yeah, I know. Here here's the thing. So Tori, uh tell us how we can find you on the internet.
1: Uh well you can find me at ToryCez dot com or on Twitter at Tori underscore says that's T O R E underscore says. And Scott, I think you need to hop on to 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 my show today and we need to have this combo.
0: I would love to, yeah. All right, we'll talk about it. Me too. All right, so this Tori Maris, Tori Maris, comes to us from com. Check her out. Thank you so much, Tori, for spending time with the Scott Adams
1: Show today. God bless. Thanks for having me. All right, take care now.